Nation, what is good? It is I, DJ Eastwood, run it back Philly. Never been a fraud, never been a fanboy, never had an intro either. That is Greg Melly, a.k.a. Sixers Greg, woke up just to join me and talk about the circus that has been the Sixers offseason so far. What's going on, Greg? How's life? Dude, life is really good, man. I uh, If anyone's ever up in New York, reach out. I'll invite you to my show that I produce and I run a comedy show in the East Village of Manhattan. But this Sunday, we had a show and it was, dude, it was a fucking huge turnout. Huge nice. turnout. Went really, really well. So that's getting better. Um yeah, man, I'm about to I'm about to hit the Jersey Shore this week too. So you're just living you're living life out here. Got I've never it. actually been to New York City, so when I do, if I do, with for whatever reason, or if I just randomly come up there, I'll come to your comedy show, dude. Yeah, dude. Um, New York is awesome. That's that'll awesome. be a that'll be a fun time. Eastwood at Greg's comedy show. I'll make a vlog about it or something. All right, everybody. Yeah. Step number one: hit the like button. Uh, that is how you help us out. It's it it puts uh it puts uh the the stream through the algorithm. Now um y'all somebody's in the chat already. Y'all see Pompey's report. So uh other than uh hitting the like button, which you should have already done if you're not a fraud, uh this episode of Running Back Philly is brought to you by Factor Meals. That is a meal delivery service, America's number one meal delivery service. It delivers fresh cooked, chef prepared meals to your doorstep. For as little as $11 a meal, if you want to get your diet in check or you just don't want to cook anymore or you're single and you hate going to the grocery store, uh, it can make your life very simple. You just open your door. There's a box out there. You open the box. There's food in there. You put the food in the mic or you throw it in the oven for 15 and you're eating healthy. So check out uh, Factormeals.com. Use Factormeals.com slash runningback50 for 50% off your first box. It's a no-brainer. Yeah. Uh. So we're throwing with a little curveball here, Pompey's report. So I know Daryl Morey is on the radio at 1150, uh, which was a couple minutes ago. I don't want to listen to that because that's going to be the most boring thing I've probably ever heard in my entire life. And he's not going to really say anything of any importance. But since Keith Pompey is live tweeting his quotes, let's just do that real quick. Uh, see MB tweeted too. MB tweeted today? Yeah, 19 minutes ago. I'm tired of it, man. I'm tired of it. All right, Keith Pompey says uh, a quote from Daryl Morey. We need to make sure Joel Embiid, one of the best players on earth, has a tough running mate. Oh, that's Hell pretty yeah. good thing. Come on now, dude. Stop sleeping on Daryl. All we're doing here is sitting saying Daryl's <laughs> doing this, but Daryl's not doing that. Bro, let Daryl cook, dude. Let's go. Well, what that sounds like to me is that he's not even – kind of so shams also reported today that the 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 relationship between daryl morey and james harden is severed which is verbiage um and so this sounds like to me like daryl morey's not even really trying to reach out to james harden anymore at this point he's saying we need to make sure Joel Embiid has a tough running mate whether that's james harden or whoever we get in return i feel good about that quote me too i feel good about that quote uh, here we go. Uh, if we don't get either a very good player or something we can turn into a very good player, we are not going to do it. 76ers president Daryl Morey. We are not going. So 
dude, that's polar. Those two quotes right there are polar opposites. What do you think, Greg? Do you think, well, like, this, like, we're not going to do it thing. To me, that's Daryl, smoke and mirrors, Daryl Morey. We've seen it before. I don't think anybody's fallen for it at this point. He said he wasn't going to do it with Ben Simmons, and he did it. It was for his best friend, James Harden. But what does he mean we're not going to do it? You would ruin your, your upcoming NBA season. No, nah, he's just not in a rush. Like, he, he'll, it'll get done. Like, it'll get done. I'm not worried about, like, trading Harden, but it's going to be like, when is he going to trade Harden? And it's, he's just not in a rush. Like, he's going to, like, that's what gives him leverage, dude. Like, what gives Maury leverage in deals like this is that, like, he's willing to wait out longer than other teams normally would. And that's why I think Portland waiting on the Lillard deal is smart. You know what I mean? Like, just wait until you get closer to what you want. And I don't know if we're going to get like an all-star in return, but like we could probably get some decent depth and like younger three and D wings. Like, I don't think it's a surprise that the Sixers only have like one wing on the entire team right now. Yeah. We're going to hopefully get some in a deal, but I mean, I I mean, I just respect, I, 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 the trades might not always be the best, but like I respect Aramori because at least he, he creates as much leverage for himself as he possibly can. And that's like a really hard thing to do in the landscape of the NBA when you're not rebuilding. Like, it's not like Danny Ainge is like trading a superstar for another good player in return. Like he knew and everyone knew that Utah was in for a rebuild the moment he got in there. So he traded it for the most draft capital and draft assets as possible. Like that's, it's not, it's easier to do that than it is for the, what, Maury is trying to do here for the second time in a row too also i would like to say we are excited about what a pat beverly brings to our team what a great quote i just want to know how he got there like i want to know like the the how the conversation was going for him to be like yeah we're excited about what pat bev's gonna bring to the team and then three minutes later is like yeah we need to make sure Embiid, one of the best players in the earth needs a better running mate like where did we go from there dude so my fear with Daryl Morey is that, you know, with me, with me, with Daryl Morey, I don't think there's enough evidence one way or the other to trust whether or not he has any fucking clue what he's doing. If you really look at his, I'm just saying one way or the other, like you could say, Hey, he knows what he's doing. He did this in Houston, but you could also say the only actual thing he's ever done is unload Tracy McGrady. I think they waived Yao Ming the last year of his career, right before he retired and cleared some cap space and then traded for James Harden. That yeah. was literally kind of it. And then he stepped down with the whatever went on and uh, he came here and then he traded Ben Simmons for James Harden. Those are Daryl Morey's two career moves. Well, I don't think there's really an, enough evidence to, well, okay, you, you turned Al Horford contract into Danny Green. Uh, there was some other good trades. You draft, he, his drafting has been spectacular. His drafting has been great. He nailed the second round with the Paul Reed, Isaiah Joe, Charles Bassey thing. Uh, he drafted... Uh, Tyrese Maxey at number 21 and Maxey fell I think that was that might be a little bit overblown as far as like making that a genius move I think that was like hey look at this I hate you. look at this quick guard that was yeah. that should have been top 10 they're talking about his his shooting so he fell to us I mean you're gonna take that prospect at 21 you're hanging out with Rom too much dude <laughs> no, I hate I, you so much <laughs> Daryl Morey because here's why because he thinks it's funny and I'm getting like Elon Musk vibes from Daryl Morey. <laughs> of course. He's like, 
He's a dork, dude. <laughs> He's a dork. Because you're in a very, okay, in the grand scheme of the world, sports aren't important, but you're in a pretty important position, and you know this fan base is 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 on edge 24-7, like re really like matched to the flame every day, and you're going to fuel the fire by getting on Twitter. So you're, you're sitting in your $5 million house, tweeting on your couch in your underwear upside down, and you're and you're just gonna you just want to say funny things like, uh, we draft centers because we love centers and we need more centers or whatever the hell he said. And I'm like, dude, just stop doing that. Why do you need to do that? Why do yeah, you have to act like a 15 year old? I, I'll say the devil's advocate though is like you got to admit how annoying fans are, and not even just Sixers fans, but fans in general. Like they all are very annoying. And well, more Twitter, the type of, yeah, on Twitter. And but like you it wouldn't be on Twitter if you're it, like, yes, it would be smarter if Maury's not on Twitter. But like, dude, I he's gonna do something. Like he knows. Like if we all think that the Sixers have this problem, like Daryl Morey knows it. Like Daryl Morey knows the problem as well. Like he knows that there's something that he's gotta do. And like I, I just think I don't know, man. Like it's it 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 helps him feel better about himself. I like him. I think he's a great GM. I don't give a shit. I know people don't like me for saying that, but I think Maury has done a pretty good job until this point. Up until this offseason. This offseason sucks. This offseason makes no sense, which is why the only real explanation, and I think you already said that's what you think. The only explanation is that a big trade is gonna happen because there's no like people are sitting back confused as hell, and I'm confused as hell. But like if you like no NBA GM would be like, yeah, you know what? We need five centers and we don't need anything in the middle. Nobody would do that if they didn't think a big trade was on the way. Right. right. Also, he dude, like I love Isaiah Joe and Charles Bassey, but like, dude, those dudes aren't playing on a championship winning team. <laughs> it's like, it's well, relax, dude. it wasn't like, oh, what a mortal sin for Daryl Morey. Let go Isaiah Joe and. Charles Bassey, no way, dude. Like, all right. If that's where our our focus is at, we just want to get him. We just want to get angry at something, and I get it. Like, I'm also oh. angry. I'm a I'm an annoyed fan, but like, yeah, I don't think already... it was just, I don't think it was just those players' skill sets isolated. I think it was like I'm watching right. George Niang, and I could be watching Isaiah Joe, right? And it's to the you know when you get to the point where you're like, is Isaiah Joe worse player than George fucking Niang? No, absolutely not. George Niang's either a forty percent three point shooter or a ten percent three point shooter, and there's nothing in between. And I'd rather you know I'd rather have that young kid that's out there running and gunning. But you know, uh, at the end of the day, I see what you're saying. It's not making or breaking a franchise. And Isaiah, right. uh, my only thing is like I've been on board for everything Maury's done. At least I've tried to understand both sides of it. But when Jalen McDaniels left, that's when I was like, I am not happy. <laughs> this is not happiness, and I'm really upset, and this is a really, really bad move. That might have been just Jalen McDaniels not wanting anything to do with Philadelphia and being like, you know what, I'm going to go. Uh, Maybe. Go. But that would be surprising given, like, Nick Nurse's, like, reliable history of, like, making that exact player better, you know? It's like the Pascal Siakam type of thing. Like, he's turned – he turned Siakam into like a really, really good player. Uh, Chris DeMeo said, Niang hates you. Yes, George Niang called me a clown on Twitter. Um, jokes on him. He could have a much better NBA career if he stopped eating cheeseburgers and drinking beer every day. 
So, you know, I, I understand he's like, I'm rich. You guys are idiots. And I agree he's rich. But, you know, come on, George. You can't run up and down the floor. You run like Doc Rivers. Like, let's be serious. Um, so, yeah, George Niang did call me a, a, a clown on Twitter. But, yeah, the roster. George, George, if you're watching, I mean, like, I'm just chilling. Love an interview. I don't, I'm, you know, I'm, I don't think, I think you're good and bad. <laughs> I do not want to be associated with DJ. Yeah, with, yeah I just happen. I happen to be on this podcast. I don't really know DJ that well. We just met before the show. Like, put in your Twitter bio. Not affiliated with anything DJ Eastwood says. I'm gonna change it to Niang, like biggest Niang fan ever. But yeah, okay. So there's one more here. We like, uh, we like where we where we are at. We understand the fans are nervous and don't feel like we're good enough, and we're just gonna have to keep improving. Um, so yeah, I the roster doesn't make total sense, but it, for me, uh, it, the roster says that there's a big trade on the way. I think that's the only thing that makes sense, and I think you feel that same way. Yeah, I mean. If Furkan Korkmaz steps on the court this year, the Sixer season's done. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't and think that's if happen fucking Philip, whatever the goddamn Petrusev. Petrusev. The dude is not an NBA player, dude. He's not an NBA player. Right, Send so why sign, why sign another center? Because Montrez Harrell is going to start a point guard this year. It, it's... I mean, I'm sure it's going to be like a two-way ordeal. I'm really, I'm, I don't know. We still have what, like one more open roster spot. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm just, dude, yeah. I just, yeah, we have one more. I, I know think, what's uh, difficult is like it's like we we want to know what it's going to be. We just we're like we're in this like uncertain period of like being a fan of a team that's probably not going to look like this when it matters. So we're just like let's get there now, you know. And like I'm, I'm there with you. And but that's what more make makes Maury good is like he's gonna wait and he's gonna get that deal he wants. He's not like running. He's not like nervous. But it is so frustrating because we're so uncertain. And there's like I think nothing. he's putting a lot of pressure on himself because yeah. if the deal doesn't get done, how would you even go into the season with this roster? And if if you say, listen, we didn't get we didn't get back, we didn't get any offers that we wanted. We're not doing it. You're messing with somebody who clearly and has before proven i do not care james harden's not going to tuck his tail and come back it's 100 not going to happen what person in in what person in their right mind what person who's not an absolute sociopath would come into an nba training camp 40 pounds overweight like he did in houston like you have to be a maniac to do that to yourself people said he's embarrassing he's not embarrassed because he does not care about anything in the world besides James Harden. And it's, it's he's so similar to Ben Simmons, it blows my mind, except for the fact that he actually shoots the ball and plays like a dog on the court or has for most of his career. But the mentality, it's so similar to Ben Simmons, it's unbelievable. Man. He yeah, carries dude. nobody but James Harden. Harden sucks. I hate him. I've always <laughs> hated Harden. Like I've always, always hated Harden. Like Truly, from the bottom of my heart, I've hated this man. Like, he's the only dude I couldn't be like, you know, I, I, I've always wanted to see the Warriors dynasty lose. But for some reason, when Harden was going up against them, I was just like, dude, nah. Like, I hope they win and LeBron takes him out because I just can't stand Harden. It's so hard to root for. What he did in Houston was, like, despicable. And the fact that he even thought about going back is like, what? Do you Like, no. And he's going to do the same thing here. His, like, I, I read a comment, obviously – like a quote, but it was like, you don't even need to read it. It's obvious that it's like, oh, Maury and Harden's relationship has fractured and it's not going to ever be the same. No shit, dude. 
Yeah. Like Maury lowballed him big time. But I, I'm like, imagine how much more we would hate Daryl Morey if what we did this offseason was sign James Harden to a long-term contract. Like we're still yeah, not right. we're still not putting in like we were also mad at Daryl Morey because we haven't traded Harden yet, but the the fact that that's literally what we're going to do and what we want to do is so much better than signing him to a long-term extension is and that's what everyone thought he was going to do. So like we need to give him a little bit of credit for doing what we all wanted him to do. You know what I mean? Well, I I think Harden is the one that put that up front because when he took the uh, when Harden agreed to take less money so that you could sign PJ Tucker and Daniel House Jr. and get caught for tampering and all those things. Speaking of Daryl Morey, but um, when he agreed to do that, I don't think Harden realized I still need to play at the top of my game to earn that four year, two hundred million dollar contract. What's why? Why is he so crazy that he thought now I can just get out of bed hungover? Be good once in a while. Be absolutely terrible once in a while. Uh, be be seen more in nightclubs than than in the practice facility. And I'm going to get four, two hundred million dollars. Why would he think that makes any sense? Yes, Daryl said take this deal and we'll we'll get you this this max contract. But he, I don't think you sh- he should have had to put in writing if you kind of suck and look like your career is about to end. We can't do that. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me. DJ, no. you're turning into a white Stephen A. Smith mixed with an old grumpy grandpa. Hey, if if it gets me to where Stephen A. Smith is get is at, was what's he making fifty million a year? Say less. I'm in there. That's not an insult at all in my book. Um, but yeah, that that's what I think. Harden thought that he like was guaranteed this money without having to play at a high level. It doesn't make any sense. And then Daryl was put in a position because how can I give you this contract when you look the way that you looked in 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 at least half of the games? this past season and it's just it doesn't make any sense also this is James Harden playing for his career right now you know what I mean that's where another angle of this is that okay if Daryl says we're not doing it because the trade package isn't good enough and Harden says fine I'm not coming to training camp his career might be over because at the end of the day if you want another contract with another team you teams have to be interested in you if you do again what you did in Houston and you sit out or you come into training camp looking like Rick Ross, they're going to every team in the NBA is going to be like we're not giving up anything for this guy and then he's going to be on a vet minimum. You know Russell Westbrook was probably the same mindset when he joined LA or however that went down before he ended up on like the the minimum contract that he's on. He probably thought I'm still this good, I still am going to earn this and bam it smacked him in the face, nobody's paying you, here's what you're worth now. You know what I mean? I think reality smacked him in the face and reality is going to smack Harden in the face if he does that. No, I agree. I think that I, I don't I mean, I don't I think Harden's going to find his way to a team until he decides he doesn't want to play basketball anymore, but it is like he is going to be messing with his money if he decides to sit out again. I mean, dude, he's shown no interest in like being a good teammate or being a good like older NBA player. And, like, if he doesn't go to the Clippers, the, who says he's even going to suit up and play at all? You know what I mean? Like, that's the big fear with Harden is, like, he he when he has a team in mind, it's either that team or he's done and he doesn't want to play and he's just going to do whatever. So it's like, yeah. I don't know. I, I still think the Clippers are the only realistic option, too, because they have yeah. the, the Kawhi Leonard, Paul George thing that the whole team and big contracts are teetering on the edge. They're, they're probably the only team in the NBA that can say, okay, 
we know Harden might bail in two years, or we know Harden might fall off a cliff, but we're already on the verge of falling off a cliff anyway. Let's bring Harden in. Let's try to make these three guys run for a championship. And if it doesn't work, we we clear all three contracts anyway. Of course, dude. I don't I don't see I don't know. I I, I, I think there's a possibility there's an avenue of it working in the Clippers. But like if we don't bring back like a huge haul, I think it's gonna just be inevitable that the Sixers end up losing whatever this James Harden trade's gonna be. You know? Most teams historically, when they're trading the best player in a deal, usually lose that deal. And I think Harden and the Clippers could really work together. Like I think it could be a really, really good fit. And the last thing I want to do is watch fucking James Harden win in fake LA. They're not gonna win anything. The only thing that team is winning is a retirement party. Yeah, I mean they're all about to be dead. Is that a new epidemic? Like team like like teams not realizing that players are done when they're in their mid thirties. Like, is that a real epidemic now? Like when LeBron signed, well, LeBron didn't sign him, but LeBron basically signed him. Carmelo and Westbrook and everybody. And I was sitting back laughing. And there's NBA fans that don't realize it. They're like, they just see big names. Oh, get Chris Paul then. Oh, get a, we put all the old big names together. So how would that be? This is a young man's game. You can't win like that. You win with 27-year-olds. You don't win with 35-year-olds who are injury prone. It doesn't make any sense to me. So I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't think anything of that Clippers team at all. I wouldn't be threatened whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, they're not going to stay healthy. Obviously, Kawhi can't stay healthy. Paul George hasn't been healthy. And Harden is whatever he is. Weirdly enough, Harden's probably the healthiest one out of those three. <laughs> that shows you that's really bad. <laughs> that's really bad. When yeah. James Harden, the 315-pound my life dude, is the epitome of health in an organization. All right, so, um, okay, there's a couple more here from uh from Maury and then we're gonna move into uh something else real quick um Maury on Joel Embiid he says he wants to win here he wants to win it for Philly so yeah we're gonna talk about Joel Embiid's comments and what you think of that we need to make sure Joel Embiid one of the best players on earth as a tough running mate he already said that Keith tweeted it again for some reason uh I'm not sure how coach nurse is going to start us but I think DeAnthony Melton has a really good chance to start that's a very interesting quote that uh I'll, I'll save for for another day but when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So Joel Embiid's comments at this random uh, NBA summit interview thing. Uh, did you did you hear them? Did you see the clip that was out there of what he said about uh, if I I want to win a championship, whether it's here or anywhere else? What did right. you make of that? Because I clearly blew my top and uh, told him basically, you know what I mean? Until you hit an opposite field home run to send your team to the World Series, I don't want to fucking hear it, dude. I don't want to hear it. I'm I don't want to hear it. What has Joel Embiid done? And I'm the biggest, you guys know, I'm the biggest Joel Embiid supporter in the world. I love that dude. He's one of my favorite Sixers players ever. I think he might be my my second right behind AI the man. You know what I mean? But when you start saying things and you haven't actually single-handedly taken a team anywhere, 
I don't know. It's just it just comes off as babyish to me. It comes off as I'm good and my team isn't good enough. Yeah, I mean, I don't even bother. I'm just like, I don't care, dude. I'm so past this like, oh, I wonder what this cryptic comment said. I wonder what this dude means. Like, I, oh, I wonder like, I don't, that's whatever. I don't care. If you want to go and be weird in the offseason, just be weird. Be good when you come back, dude. Like, I don't. It's just, it's all so annoying to me. And even the fact that I'm like earlier on this show, I'm like, oh, dude, like, did you see Joel Embiid's tweet like 40 minutes ago? And it's like, the tweet is just 138 question mark, question mark, question mark. And I'm like, what am I doing? Why do I give any shit in the world? Like, I don't care anymore. They're both just like Maury and, 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 and Embiid. Like, don't take anything they say seriously. Just wait. Just wait until we watch them play. And then they play, and it was like, whatever, you know? Well, yeah, it'll definitely be forgot about. But I'm sure there's smoke in the water. Where there's smoke, there's water, or whatever the hell the saying is. Like, yeah, I'm. Embiid's thinking about it. I'm sure he's thinking about it, you know? Like, I'm I'm sure it's not like this. I'm sure he's not not thinking about it. There's a thought. There's some thinking. There's There's a There's a little bit of thought. I think if anything, if anything, uh, you know, I, I still don't like that he said it publicly because it's just no. not something that you say. But no. um, if anything, it did put a little bit of pressure, I guess, on more pressure on the organization. And that's why Daryl Morey is now making these quotes. He wants to win here. He wants to win it for Philly. Uh, I think it puts pressure on the organization. Like, listen, man, do something or I am definitely going to want to play somewhere else. So that's definitely the first time that we've heard Embiid at least hint towards uh, if if it's not if I don't have a team that can win here, uh, I'm gonna go somewhere else. That's that's what I took from it. At least you know. But again, he's I he's agree. almost thirty years old. How long is he gonna play for anyway? So you know. Yeah, I mean, how much how much good? Like, how many more good seasons does he have left in him? Three. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Which is why. If it doesn't happen this year, I think you trade and beat. I do too, but it's not going to happen, especially after the Sixers organization comes out and says they want him to be the Dirk Nowitzki or the Kobe Bryant of the Philadelphia 76ers. Well, of course that's what Josh Harris wants. He wants to keep selling tickets. Right, but... You don't, you don't unload your ticket salesman. That, you know, that's, that's why Portland... Bad look if he doesn't, it, what's going to happen is that we're going to go this year, we're going to be either better than expected or equally as expected, which is bad. And Embiid starts hinting at it, and we go back another year, and then after this season and next season, he asks for a trade. But we're never going to trade him if he doesn't like ask for one, and that's the part that sucks because then the moment he asks for it, we're going to lose all the value in the world. What the Sixers should honestly do right now is probably trade Harden for like three role players, four role players some draft capital and try to run it back with a deeper team, a more athletic three and D team with Nick nurse to try to like bottle some of that Toronto Raptors championship winning organization energy. Right. And if that doesn't work this year, you blow it up, you blow it up, everything, you blow all of it up. You resign Maxi, you, and then you just blow it up. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. Uh, Andre says, thanks for a super chat. At least Ben Simmons and Harden are man enough to be direct and tell Maury to his face and accept fan hatred and beat is scared to get criticized. 
Uh, that's interesting. I wouldn't call Ben Simmons man enough to really, you know, for anything. I think he's one of the softest people that's ever existed. He's he was never. I would he never put with a 6'11", 260-pound frame, but he's soft as hell. Yeah, I would, uh, I would never put Ben Simmons and the words man enough in the sentence <laughs> together. Ever. But, uh, and also Ben Simmons was already hated by the fan base before he told, you know, it's not like he was loved by the fan base and he was like, oh, if I tell Maury I'm not playing, the fans are going to hate me. No, the fans already hated Ben Simmons. And then he said, I'm not playing. And that was because the fans already hated him. He couldn't tuck his tail and come back into the arena because he's a little bitch that's what happened Joel Embiid is loved by the fan base and he's looking at it like you know the fans are going to hate me if I come out and uh and say this that's just how I feel about it so he did tweet then and basically hinted at the fact that he was trolling but I saw the interview you weren't trolling that was an honest answer to a question and then everybody's like look he was trolling no he wasn't why does everybody automatically believe what people say yeah that's fair that's definitely fair. Yeah. All right. Uh, We're going to look at... Embiid has this weird aura around him that people are like, oh, he's got to be kidding. No way. He's got to be kidding. We're going to look at a fake trade, and we're going to play grade the trade. Um, oh, fucking go, dude. Yeah, we're going to play grade the, grade the, grade the trade. Uh, but before we do, I got to tell you about Factor Meals, all right? Factor Meals is America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, and it can help you fuel up fast and be on your way. If you're too busy to cook, you go with Factor Meals, man. It shows up at your doorstep in a box. You bring the box in your house. You open it. The food's right in there. Boom, in the microwave. You're good to go, and you're on your way. Uh, if you're looking to get your calories in check, see, they cover everything with Factor Meals. You want to lose weight, they got you. You want to gain weight and build muscle, they got you. If you want to get your calories in check, there's calorie-conscious options on the website. You go on the website, factormeals.com, look at all the calorie-conscious options. Um, if you want to build muscle like your boy over here, DJ Eastwood's been doing out here, uh, my whole life, it's a very slow process cause I'm an ectomorph, but it is what it is. Um, if you want to build muscle, they have a protein plus plans on factor meals where you can get extra protein in your diet and you can go to the gym and, and get, and get that strength that you want. Um, and, uh, you know what? Skip the grocery store. Skip the cooking and cleaning. It makes your life simple, man. And honestly, I think the best part about a, a subscription to a, a field meal delivery service is that it makes keeping your diet in, in check very, very, very simple. You're not out here counting calories of everything you see in the grocery store. You're not out here trying to do math. You're not nothing, nothing. It's just done. It's done for you. Go to factormeals.com slash runitback50 and get 50% off your first box. So even if you're not sure about it, go get 50% off your first box and give it a try, man. Hell yeah, yeah dude. Hell yeah. Uh, thank you to Factor for sponsoring the show. All right, let's do uh, Grade the Trade. This is from Sixer Sense. Um, wait, let me get this off the screen and bring this onto the screen. Uh, grade the Trade. Here we go. And this might – wow, that was a weird picture of James Harden. Um, this might help us out. This is what we do in the offseason. Uh, all offseason long, we look at fake trades, and we wish and hope until something actually happens, if something's going to happen at all. Uh, what do we got here? Let's see. Ads. We got ads all over the place. All right, the trade. The trade. The 76ers get a new young cornerstone in this four-team blockbuster trade. <laughs> Greg's already shaking his head. F. 
Oh, uh, the Miami Heat receive Damian Lillard and Marcus Morris Sr. Uh, the Clippers receive James Harden and PJ Tucker, 38 year old PJ Tucker, who still has $22 million left on his contract. Then the 76ers receive Tyler Hero, Caleb Martin, Robert Covington, 2028 and 2029 second round picks. Portland Trailblazers get 2027-2029 unprotected first via Miami, and I think that's an unprotected 2029 from Philly, right? No, that's just from Miami. So we keep our 2029 first also. Hey. 2030 unprotected first round. Kyle Lowry, Nick Batum, Nikola Jovic. That's the young prodigy right there, the next Nikola Jokic that everybody talks about. So that's a good prospect the Blazers get in return too. Kobe Brown, Amir Coffey, and Jason Preston. What do you I think? I love that dude. I love Jason Preston. Is he's in it? Dude, love that dude. That I don't even know Jason I think he's the dude that went to Ohio, University of Ohio. Somebody in the chat, let me know if that's a true statement. All right, hear me out, dude. Um, I hate Tyler Hero <laughs> a lot, but like, yo, I wouldn't mind dumping all of that salary for Robert Covington and uh Scroll down. What was it? Oh, Caleb Martin, two seconds, starting to gain some assets again. And 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 Tyler Hero, dude, our defense would be like maybe the worst of all time. But I kind of like that deal, dude. I would give it like a C plus, like a B. I think there's better we can do. But I really, really like the idea of only trading Harden, only trading P.J. Tucker. Um, for a younger dude who's like 24, can put up a shit ton of buckets. And even though I hate the dude. And Caleb Martin, who's a really good role player with Robert Covington coming home, obviously. And uh, I, I I like this trade a lot more than I thought I was going to. Yeah, I think me too. Once I saw the rest of the of the trade package, um, I think Tyler Hero and Tyrese Maxey on the floor together is tough. No, it's uh, bad. It's bad. It would be bad. And I think Maxey improved defensively towards the end of last season more than he looked in the beginning of the season. And, and maybe he can learn a lot defensively. Uh, with a coach like Nick Nurse, because Doc Rivers just what there was. I mean, he just wasn't even coaching anybody really at all. Right. Uh, but yeah, Matt and Tyler Hero can't guard anybody. Um, it's the reason why Miami wasn't playing Duncan Robinson for a long time because they can't play both of them together. Um, but I think Miami's trying to get rid of Hero because what Duncan Robinson did in the playoffs was better than what Tyler Hero was doing before he broke his hand. I think. Yeah. I think he's more of a combo guard, but I think Duncan Robinson's like more of a. You know, uh, I don't know. I think Duncan Robinson is just better, honestly. Um, I but... served Duncan Robinson at work one time. Nice. Fun fact, dude. Wait, have I ever told you the JaVale McGee story? This is a straight tangent, but did I ever tell you the story about when I met JaVale McGee? Uh-uh. So it was like during the NBA playoffs, um, and he came into my work, and I was like, yo, JaVale. Like, I knew exactly who it was when he walked in, and I dapped him up. I was like, yo, big fan, JaVale. He's like, thanks, brother. And then at the end of the show, because I work in a, a comedy club, at the end of the show, I come up to him, I give him his check, and I was like, I got one question for you, dude. He was like, what's up? I'm like, um, Joel Embiid or Nikola Jokic for MVP? And he looked at me in the face, had no idea my affiliation with Philadelphia, and was like, Embiid is the hardest motherfucker to guard in the league, dog. He's like, Embiid's got that MVP. And then I dapped him up. I was like, you're my dude. Peace out, brother. Great story, and then the playoffs happened. That was when the Sixers were still in it, and then, you know, yay, that ended well, but the story <laughs> went well. Wait, did he really say dog? Does he talk like that? 
yeah, he's the man, dude. He was the nicest <laughs> dude, tipped well. He was just like, yeah, he's, he's like, that, he's like, that's the, uh, he was like, about Embiid, he was like, that's the hardest motherfucker in the league to guard, dog. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> Somebody's making funny record in the chat. Where there's smoke, there's water. <laughs> <laughs> hey, where there's smoke, there's water, baby. That's true. That's true. Did you ever see the movie Boondock Saints, the guy that like mixes and matches proverbs? And he's like, let's, uh, let's make like a tree and get, Get the fuck out of here. That's great. And he's like, he's like, you know what they say about people in glass houses? They sink ships. <laughs> <laughs> That's Greg when he wakes up and jumps on live. Yeah, immediately. Yeah, dude. <laughs> so shout out to our dude, RB Philly Take, uh, for being a better reporter than Keith Pompey. Daryl Morey on what the perfect player next to Joel Embiid could look like. A wing who can play both on and off the ball. Daryl Morey said oh, that. Oh, so nothing that we have on the roster now. All right. Okay. That's good. That's really good to know that our best player, the perfect player that wouldn't be next to him, is a player we don't have. Awesome. Uh, there's a couple things. Yeah. Um, and he's also like, you know, I'm looking for a star in return. I'm looking for a star level player, which nobody's going to give up a star level player for James Harden right now. And I think Daryl Morey's not an idiot. He definitely knows that. Uh, so my first question is, who is this star level wing that you think you're going to get in, in return for James Harden or out of free agency? We're going to, before we get out of here too, we're going to look at a list of free agents left and just kind of freestyle that too. Cause I think that'll be fun. But who is this wing that he's even talking about that you can't get it in free agency. You can't get it in a trade to the Clippers, right? I like a couple of the Clippers wings. But it's not a star. No stars. Unless he like unless the, the objective is here, he wants Paul George. That's what are we talking about. Is. Are we talking about Norman Powell? Are we considering considering him a wing? Yeah. I mean he's a okay. little short, but he's a good defender. I like Norman Powell. Robert like Covington's not bad. Um like I, I think that like Amir Coffey's pretty solid. Uh but like what 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 he means, what Maury means is he wants a star back, and there's only two possible stars he could possibly trade for. Exactly. Zach Levine. Um, and Paul George. Yeah, I I still think that's the one that's probably going to happen. The blockbuster three or four team trade that includes the Chicago Bulls and includes Zach Levine to Philly. I would love that. Like, really, really love that, dude. I would come on here the next day and just be like, I told you, everyone, you were wrong. Don't ever (laughs) distrust the GOAT Daryl Morey again. It would be, it would be, it would be if awesome. That, I mean, if that's, the, if that's honestly the resolution to all of this, everything, I will give Daryl Morey a public apology. Yeah. I don't think it makes the Sixers like a championship level team still because Levine has his issues, but like, he's really, really good. Like he's a really good fit alongside Maxi. That would be the most explosive backcourt maybe in the NBA. Like the Sixers would just be, we would finally have like a bucket getter. Like somebody that's not afraid to go out and get a bucket and who can hit yeah. mid-range or mid-range jump shots. He can, you know, run off ball. He doesn't need the ball in his hands all the time. Like I like Levine a lot, and I think his fit in Philly would be really good. And he's just a cool dude. But I still don't know if that's like, oh, that's what takes the Sixers. Like if you take Harden off this team right now and put Levine on, the Sixers still have issues. Like we still need three and D wing depth. Like, yeah, dude, I'm telling you, four con Korg Maz. Send that dude back to Turkey. What's up? They still have depth issues for sure. Right. But uh, I think that would be an awesome, awesome switch. 
And again, I think most things with James Harden leaving, most things as far as the how far the 76ers can go resides r- relies on how much more developed Tyrese Maxey is this upcoming season. Because if Tyrese Maxey just explodes and is this 23-year-old star this upcoming season, then that would change my mind, and, and and I would start to say, you know, Zach Levine and Tyrese Maxey and Joel Embiid, if he's still at an MVP level, could could uh, make some noise. And then, yeah, the 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 uh, determining factor there deep into the playoffs is your your depth, and and you know that's what it always is. It's especially with teams like the Boston Celtics and other teams that have had deeper rosters than you every single time you match up. But right. I think a lot of it rides on how good Tyrese Maxey is, honestly. And like. As much as we always love to be like, yo, Tyrese is going to be this and that, we have no idea because every single season he's always come back and been better than he was the year before. You know what I mean? Yeah, we have no clue. Nobody no, knows. I, love, I mean, as long as we keep Tyrese, I'll, I'll be a Sixers fan. Yeah, nobody knows. Another thing about that quote to me is uh, the fact that Daryl, you know, where they, they say, who's the ideal player you put next to Joel Embiid? So you, you, a week ago, you said, we want James Harden back, right? Now these leaks are coming out that the, the relationship is severed and James is not backing down and he wants to go to the Clippers. Now Daryl's response to the question, what is the perfect player to put next to Joel Embiid? If you still wanted him back, you would have flat out said James Harden. Right. So right. now and- he's kind of firing a shot over at James Harden. Like, listen, motherfucker, we don't even we're, – we're here. We're here. It's happening. We don't even want you back anymore. That's what I got from that answer. We don't even want you back anymore. We're going to work out a trade. It might take to the end of the summer, but – I have confidence now. Yeah, I think Maury's had his mindset for a pretty long time now. And I'm also like, I don't think we're sitting here and saying like, oh, Zach Levine's better than James Harden. I think we know that he's not. And especially like fit-wise, it's probably not. I don't know. At this point in his career, though? That's it, dude. Like, it's not like a better passer or not a better team facilitator type of guy. Right. It's like as a better NBA player right now, Harden is better than him. But like where their trajectories are heading, Zach Levine is is a better move. You know, I think he's a better move. Yeah, I think the same thing. Uh, Aaron Cabbage, my dude, what is up, man? Thanks for coming through. If we go through all this cryptic BS from Maury and Joel, we end up getting Rocco and Pal, and that's it, bro. That would be my 13th reason. <laughs> well, I mean, what? well, yeah, I know what you're saying. If there's not a blockbuster that lands you with Zach Levine or something like that, if, if yeah, if all you got is the scraps from, from L.A., I agree that wouldn't be super ideal. I think that's probably why Daryl Morey is sitting and waiting and telling people offers that are, you know, executives are saying that his offers, what he wants in return is ridiculous. And we've known that's kind of what he does, but I would say that's, that's why he's being patient because he knows there's better things that are possible. Maybe, maybe less likely, but definitely possible. Yeah, I agree. Well said. Keith Richmond. I, I love Norman Powell too, though. I love Norman Powell. Like he's a. I think people are underrating him. He's put up forty plus in multiple games. Like he's a great standstill shooter. He's a great defender. He's exactly what the Sixers need. Like I think if the Sixers could trade James Harden, like today, if James Harden for Terrence Mann, Robert Covington, and uh, Norman Powell, and like a second round pick, I'm doing that deal. I would do that deal. I would do they it. They don't want to give up Terrence Mann. That's the one thing the Clippers are saying they don't want to give up, but maybe eventually they budge and they give up Terrence Mann. Uh, big Terrence Mann fan. And in the story, fun fun story about Terrence Mann, uh, his rookie season, or maybe his second year, his mother was in an article be, uh, giving uh, opinions 
on Doc Rivers. She said, Doc Rivers is not the coach for my son Hell because yeah, he, was, he was not putting Terrence Mann on the floor whatsoever. As soon as Doc Rivers got fired, Terrence Mann averaged 11 points per game off the bench for the Clippers. And so we, in, in one off season, we get rid of Doc Rivers and bring in Terrence Mann. I think that's just a fun little side That story. would be fun. But also, if you go back and look at why the, the Clippers came back down 3-1 to the uh, the Jazz when Rudy Gobert was there, and then they won that series, it was because Terrence Mann went ballistic in the next, like, four games, dude. He went ballistic. And yeah, none of I- these dudes are stars. None of these guys are stars. But, like, right now, the Sixers don't need any more. Like, I, I'm tired of, like, let's try and get, like, another super, superstar. How about we try to take an approach like the Denver Nuggets? And I know Jamal Murray is, like, a playoff riser and a superstar in the playoffs. And Michael Porter Jr. is, like, similar. And he's a very close dude. But, like, th- they're – there needs to be some creation of depth around the Sixers right now and surround Embiid around three and D shooters and scores and athletic wings and guys who run up and down the court and can like, and facilitate and play. Like we don't have any of that, dude. We don't have any of that. And I love PJ Tucker, but like he's a little old. Yeah. Very old. I thought he was going to retire this off season because he won't even shoot the ball anymore, but hopefully Nick nurse changes, you know, something about that. Um, Hey, 304 people in here. Everybody hit the like button. The beard and the stash every Tuesday. We're trying to do this every Tuesday, uh, oh, yeah. whether it's whether it's Tuesday nights, whether it's Tuesday at noon. You never know. The beard and the stash is here on Tuesdays. Uh, everybody hit the like button. Keith Richmond, my dude, thank you for being here. DJ Eastwood, thanks for the great content. I'm a little late to the show. What will the Sixers get rid of Embiid, Harden, and Harris? I'm a little late to the show, but will the Sixers get rid of Embiid, Harden, and Harris? without blowing up the team. Well, I mean, if you get rid of Embiid, that's blowing up the team, is it not? Unless it's like the most impressive trade ever. Imagine like a team. It's like, that's like 2K. Oh, without tanking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be hilarious. Um, Yeah, no, I mean, if any of those, if Embiid's gone, the Sixers are rebuilding, obviously. I don't think he's gone any, anytime soon. Dude, what's up with the Tobias Harris though? This does like create some type of like thought for me. Cause like, are we not trading the dude? Like, is he just on the team? Like, what the hell is going on? Why did this die so quickly? I've never seen somebody be able to, like, if I had to put it into context of, like, a normal job, okay? This guy has, like, the assistant vice president title in the in the marketing department, all right? But he's just sitting in the back corner doing absolutely nothing every year. And he never gets fired. He never gets moved. He never gets demoted. He now nothing. I've never seen anybody be yeah, able you know to. What he is? You know what yeah. Tobias Harris is? He's the creed of the office. <laughs> he just sits in the back making weird comments. Yeah, he's just the weird dude. And everyone's like, I didn't know he was still here. Yeah, he's I don't know. He's still here, dude. That's what it is. Like, why dude, is he when- still here? Do you remember when he played hooky and he and he got on the bus and it was all the all the people that he worked with? <laughs> and he That's the bias, dude. That's the bias. He's like, hey, hey, comment. just playing hooky from work, and he looks up and it's everyone from work. Yeah, <laughs> it's everyone's, dude. It's so funny. That's, uh, that's Tobias Harris, dude. But yeah, also like the Sixers get rid of Embiid and not blow up the team. I think this thing of like also teams trying to trade superstars for other superstars. When like when has that ever even happened? Really? When is that like? I don't know. Every time a player asks for a trade, the team is like, we want a superstar and all of your young assets in return. Like, right. why would we give up superstars 
for your superstar doesn't want to be there. Unless it's the one, the very rare situation of like DeMar DeRozan for Kawhi Leonard. I don't think that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. Outside of that, it's like, eh, you know, and even DeRozan, like he was good. He was good in San Antonio, but it wasn't like a fair trade. No, 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 not at all. Because most of the time, I guess you could say, most of the time the team willing to trade a superstar player is embracing a rebuild, right? Like yeah. it's very it's very it's not seen a lot where a team with a star has like another superstar player that just wants to play with a different dude and then you have to trade him and then like somehow find a way to bring in somebody equally as good. But it's like that's really hard, you know, and there just aren't a lot of teams willing to do that. I don't know, dude. Maury is in a weird position for two years in a row. So it's like, hopefully he can figure out something to do. I don't know. He definitely is in a weird position. So before we get out of here, uh, speaking of, you know, just the offseason and, and the possibilities, um, we'll look at the current available free agents left in the NBA. Uh, the Sixers have, correct me if I'm wrong, one roster spot open. Uh, dude, we got to get a center. All I'm saying is we need a center. I think we need a center. Preferably the oldest one. I mean, I would say DeMarcus Cousins, but he's not old enough. Dwayne Dedman. Dude, bring him back for another year. Maybe I can find out if we have a current roster spot open. Sixers current roster. Uh, Also, how funny is it that three of those dudes have played on the Sixers? Tony Bradley's only 25. Bro, he was playing on the Sixers in like 1999, and he's only 25 years old. I feel like he was on the Sixers eight years ago. What the hell is going on? This is insane. Willie Coley Stein's only 30, bro? How am I older than Tony Bradley? Can we sit down and talk about how the hell I'm older than Tony Bradley? That dude's Tony been Bradley, in the NBA for eight that's years. Because, that's because Tony Bradley looked like a veteran kind of journeyman when he was uh, like his second year. I thought Tony Bradley was like a veteran player when he played for the Sixers, and he was like very young. He just looks yeah. old. He has an old man's game. He has just like a barely like a little turnaround hook shot and good defense. Uh, but he had that one game where he was like 14 and 11 and we're like, holy shit, how the hell did you just trade Tony Bradley? Like we've been begging for a backup center all this time and you're going to trade Tony Bradley. What the hell, dude? Yeah. Willie Collins is 30. He played on that Kentucky team with uh, Carl Anthony Towns and uh, Devin Booker and everybody that, that undefeated Kentucky team that lost oh, yeah. to, that lost to hold on, hold on Frank Kaminsky in Wisconsin. The Canson, the Canson badges, the Wisconsin badges. Yeah, that was a fun college year, man. That Kentucky team was disgusting. They were undefeated. Duke with Jalil Okafor, and uh, the undefeated Kentucky team lost to Frank the Tank Kaminsky at at uh, what did I say? Kansas, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. You know who else was on that team? Sam Decker. And then, you know what Michael Jordan did? He was like, yo, I have to draft Frank Kaminsky sixth overall in this loaded <laughs> Dude, what the hell was it he thinking? Be, it couldn't just be the fact that he's a tall white guy who can shoot and, and that made him great in college. There's no other – he has no, to be good yeah. in the NBA. He has to be, dude. You know, like white dudes are nasty in the NBA. It translates over. All right, yeah, let's go. Keep going centers. Keep thinking centers, dude. Yeah, we need we definitely need more centers, dude. We like, need them. I, I mean, I don't even know why we would look at other positions. Um, all right, so power forwards, which also like on a serious note, we also should not be looking at. But uh, no. who but even is Todd on? Gibson? Taj Gibson's primed for a really good year this year. <laughs> you know, he's thirty-eight. Somebody <laughs> tell somebody tell Taj Gibson to just stop playing basketball. 
Holy Why God. is he even listed here? I don't know. Nerland's Noel, dude. Hey, Frank Kaminsky, bro. Let's go. He's only 30. There he is. Frank the Tank, 30 dude, years old. Uh, Myers Leonard, you know, if you can get away with racist remarks on the internet in Philly, who knows? Uh, maybe I think Boston is where Myers Leonard should should play the rest of his career, if you know what I mean. <laughs> or um, Utah. Dude would kill it in Utah. Oh, no, it wasn't racist. It was anti-Semitic, I think. Yeah. Uh, Nerland's Noel. He's 29 oh. still. How is Boban 35, dude? Boban is easily 55. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, obviously the dude's too oh now we got power Wait, forward. Is that That's power forwards? Oh, that was still centers. Now we got center, power forward. Greg Brown, Mom Mamadi. I have no idea who that is. Wenyan Gabriel, I like him a lot. He was he was dude. I like him a lot. I like him a lot. He was nice with the Lakers last <laughs> Yo, year. Stop, dude. Stop. I know. I'm not kidding. Don't, 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 stop. Like, I, I'm not saying. I like Wendy and Gabriel, too, but, dude, he's a power forward. Like, we, we got to stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't need power forward. You're yeah, right. we – eye on the prize, dude. Yeah, we got I'm like, ooh, Christian Wood. Maybe we can get Christian Wood and bring him in. <laughs> we got – okay, let's get to what we're supposed to be looking at here, which is small forwards. Let's go, dude. Derek Jones. Played Giannis brother is 31. I th he's older than Giannis. That's – I forgot about that. Uh, Jones. You know who I've always liked since college? Stanley, Stanley. Johnson. Stanley, dude. Stanley had a bounce back year last year, dude. Here yeah. we out. I would take Stanley J Johnson. I would take Derek Jones Jr. I would take DJ Warren. Wesley Matthews is 37 years old, dude. Holy well, out shit. Of all of the, out of all of these, let's pick one. All right. Let's pick one out of all of these. So we, I would say the candidates are – Probably not Justice Winslow because he can't shoot and could never shoot. Uh, TJ Warren's always hurt. Ever since he dropped 60 on the Sixers, whatever that was in that in that uh, bubble game, he dropped like 59 on us or something, maybe 49. Uh, Kelly Oubre, Derek Jones, Stanley Johnson. Remember Matt Mo Harkless, dude? Those are the ones that I would say are actual candidates. Uh, yeah. Kelly Oubre, Derek Jones Jr., Stanley Johnson. And my pick out of those three is Stanley Johnson, and it's because I like Stanley Johnson's size and defensive ability. He's 6'7", 240. He's that perfect NBA build. He has been since college. That's why he was drafted in the top of the first round, even though he ended up not being like you know uh, some kind of star player or anything. But he developed the three-point shot. 67243 and D player Stanley Johnson that's where I'm at on this list. Yeah. Uh, Kelly Oubre in my opinion is has a lot of those intangibles but is a little bit more of like a firecracker like you never know what the hell he's going to do. He's kind of like the Paul Reed of the wing position. One game he'll drop 30, one game he'll be 0 for 17 with seven turnovers and try to fight somebody in the crowd or something like that. Right. Uh, I I like Kelly Oubre but he's inconsistent and he's like He's a good shooter. He's probably a better shooter than Johnson, Derek Jones, and probably not TJ Warren. But like, he's a, a good shooter. But he also has like these periods where like he went like over twenty seven in Golden State or some shit like that. So I'm like, eh, you know what I mean? He's also swaggy and would immediately be the be the best looking dude in Philadelphia. Like the moment he got off the plane, that's just like good for him, dude. It's wave poppy. But uh, I gotta go, Derek Jones Jr., dude. I got it, bro. Because I played against him in high school. Did you? Uh, he's a Philly dude. You know, he went to Archbishop Carroll originally. Did you played against how tall are you, Greg? Five eight. Did Derek Jones Jr. jump completely over your head and dunk the ball? Uh, I've actually been alley ooped on before, where a dude jumped over me. That's a true story. 
but um, <laughs> he did not. But he was just like he was very bad at basketball in high school. Like he was very bad. He was unskilled as anyone yeah. I've ever seen. But he was just that. like the most ridiculous athlete ever, dude, where it would be like impossible to get away from him, you know. But in the NBA, I think he's improved a lot as like an overall NBA player. He's a really, really good defender. And he's lanky and he's just going to be exciting, dude. He's going to come out and just yam on shit. And I think, I think Derrick Jones Jr. is the type of dude that Nick Nurse can bring a lot out of. Like, I think Kelly Oubre is where he's at. He is what he is. I think Stanley Johnson has a a, a little bit more of a step ahead of him that I think is there possibly. TJ Warren is what he is, but there's something about Derrick Jones where he's such an athlete. And he's such a good defender that if we can have him hit average uh, three point percentage year, and which he's been better at every year, um, he's the type of dude that I think could really like be something better under Nick Nurse. He's the perfect dude. Perfect. Dude. I remember one year where the NBA dunk contest was so lackluster. The NBA G League dunk contest was incredible, and it was Derek Jones Jr. who won the whole thing. And they all and they started questioning whether or not they should let G League guys into. That's when they started. That's when yeah. they decided that they were going to let G League guys into the dunk contest because they were like that. Derek Jones Jr. guy isn't good enough to play in the NBA yet, but it, the dunk contest sucks. I mean, that's kind of what we did with Mac McClung, right? We were like, yeah, let's give him a two way contract, and then he does the dunk contest, and then we're like, all right, white boy, go back. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I love I think Derek. I, I love think, Derek. Okay, I so. I'm on Stanley Johnson. You got you got Derek Jones Jr. Uh, for the last free. I I like both of those guys and and uh, yeah, Derek Jones Jr. Guard. Go peep shooting guard. Let's let's run I'm, this all the way through. I can't believe Derek Jones is only 26 too. I feel like I've been seeing him dunk the ball for 20 Dude, years. He's been in the NBA since his he, what would have been his sophomore year because he he left after UNLV of a, a freshman. And I was like, what are you doing, dude? All right, shooting guards. Not not much here, I don't think. But uh, Will Diallo, bro, come on now. Will I would Barton. take Terrence Davis. I mean, I love Terrence Davis. He's awesome. Will Barton, Unless you Buddy want Boheim, Jared Culver, Terrence Davis, David Buddy, Bo- Buddy Boheim, the or Beheim, the 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 son of Syracuse head coaching legend Jim Beheim. You might have to do it, man. I would be very upset. Um, I'm I'm interested still with 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 what we're gonna look like because you know how do you even really sign a shooting guard? I mean, I I, I would sign one probably anyway because you're you're randomly signing all these centers. You might as well give us something on the roster that you you might be able to use if if the whole right. thing doesn't I mean, work. Ter- Terrence Davis could definitely play the three. You know what I mean? But I mean, I, Terrence Davis is a stud. He's a stud. I love him. Uh oh, there's oh, more. Shit, there's more. Oh, there's more. My bad. This My ad bad. placement, dude, killing me. Bryn Forbes, 36-year-old Danny Green. Um, RJ's only 22, bro. Yeah, RJ Hampton, yeah. Trevlin Queen is on the list. Wow, what a oh, legend. Terrence Jesus. Ross after all these years. Terrence Ross is only 32. Yeah, <laughs> which is crazy to say, <laughs> dude. Austin Rivers. Fire his dad and then bring over his kid. That'd be sick, dude. <laughs> and Terrence Mann. We get Terrence Mann and Doc Rivers' son. Uh, then um, what happened? Let's bring Seth Curry back then too, because Seth Curry's married to Doc Rivers' daughter. You know, so yep. we, we can get the whole family going out here. Yo, can uh, we talk about how there's a dude named Xavier Moon? Have you ever heard of that dude? No, but that's a fire name, though. It's a fire name, dude. 
It sounds like uh, he's friends with Mariah Mills. That's what it sounds like, dude. To me, that just sounds like a backup NFL quarterback who just like runs, never throws the ball. Son of Warren Moon, dude. Son of yeah, Warren yeah, yeah. Moon. Yeah. Got to be the son of Warren Moon. He's got to be, dude. Garrett no Temple, way. Gabe York. And then point guards, because I still don't know if Tyrese Maxey is a point guard or a shooting guard. Um, so, uh, if Ryan, I ever see Raul Neto play basketball again, I'm going to lose my goddamn mind. Hey, entry pass specialist, man. I hate that dude more than anything. George Hill. Holy shit, dude. <laughs> DJ Augustine. We've been talking about him for years. He <laughs> yeah, is for old. He's the one on this. I think whole thing is, is as old as I thought he was. Yeah. Uh, he is 36. Yeah, we've been talking about, we got to get DJ Augustine. We got to get DJ Augustine. And he was good. Wasted the last of his years, I think, in Orlando. Um, Alongside Terrence Ross, who now can't even get a goddamn job. Michael it's Carter. Smith, bro, 35. 32-year-old yeah, Michael Carter. Dude. Bring in MC Dub, dude. <laughs> the greatest Sixers of all time. Dude, I think we have to. I think we have to uh I think we have to bring back Michael Carter Williams. I think that's I think that's actually how you complete the process. And we could just put him at the five because he's tall enough to play at the five, dude. I think that's how you complete the process. You mm-hmm. know, Sam Hinkie was like, listen, this guy can't pass. He just won rookie of the year. He's not actually a good point guard. We're gonna go with the hype, we're gonna sell high, and we're gonna blow this thing up completely and sell the player that just won rookie of the year. Uh, for whatever they traded him for, a bunch of draft picks or whatever, probably because he stacked draft picks for a long time. And then none of the things after that ended up working at all. They were actually every every single move the Sixers made after Michael Carter Williams leaving was the worst move to ever make ever. Uh, drafting Ben Simmons, Markel Fultz, all the bad trades, all the bad signings, everything. And then to bring it all together and complete the process, you re-sign Michael Carter Williams eleven years later. And he comes in and he plays a, a decent facilitating role, uh, defensive-minded point guard, I think, length. I think he's like 6'6 and has a good wingspan. And dog. Maxi plays the shooting guard. And I think that's and, – and the Sixers go and win a championship. And you didn't think it when Michael Carter-Williams got traded, but he comes back and he becomes – the championship 76ers point guard that we thought he was the first day he dunked on LeBron James, had a triple-double his first NBA game. Almost and- a quad, dude. He almost pulled a quadruple-double in his first game against the Beatles, the Meatles or the Heatles, whatever the goddamn team was called. Um, dude, and then I could finally prove my dad wrong that it was always MCW along. All along, dude, it was always Michael Carter-Williams. Yeah, I think that's what we got to do, man. Yeah. I'm down to – like switch this podcast up to like the beard, the stash and the MCW and just talk about how good he is every day until. There we go. MCW and finals MVP, Eric R. Uh, I think so too, man. I think so too. Um, Yeah. So there's some restricted ones on here, but yeah, that's hey, it. Sumo. That's oh, it. Sumo. Dude, that's huge. It's crazy how Josh Primo at 21 years old has already completely ruined his career. You never know. <laughs> that is that is very that is very young. Uh, wait, what did Josh Primo do to ruin his career? You're gonna have to hit that on a Google because I'm. I would like for you to make money on this stream. <laughs> what What did he do? He's he's a he's Josh a Primo. An, an interesting character. That Josh Primo is he the one that? Okay, yeah. I think I know what happened. Here. And then it came out like after he was like, "Oh, I'm trying to. I'm dealing with like mental." 
health yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, that's how you defend, you know, anything when you get caught doing what he, what he, what he did. I will say, he's. Oh probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he probably one, was yeah. dealing with some things to do that though. What was he doing? Like hiding in the closet or something, man? Um, let's see. The uh, <laughs> what did? Uh, all right, I'm just gonna. We gotta find out what it is now. I'm just curious. I forget the story. What did Josh? What did Josh Primo do? Uh, filed a lawsuit against Primo, claiming the 19-year-old. Okay. 19. Uh. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. A trainer. Yeah, he's a weirdo, he, dude. He exposed himself to a trainer, a doctor, uh, an NBA trainer, or a no college. He was 19 years old. I think it was NBA. Doctor Hillary Cawthon filed a lawsuit against yeah the Spurs against the Spurs. Yeah. Claiming the 19-year-old exposed himself to her nine times during multiple sessions. In addition, I wonder this- what made it the ninth time for her to be like, all right, now I'm gonna say something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like for that to happen. Oh, you nine- do it again. Yeah, dude. She was like, I'm running out of fingers. I think now is the time I say something. Yo, it's crazy. Nine times. And again, I don't know about you, but I probably would have been like, after the first one, at least the second one, I'm like, now this is becoming a thing. I'm not a fan of it. And no, listen, me- we're, we're, we're an hour and five minutes into the show. I think I can say this. Um, and, he, and he claimed that he was going through mental health stuff and things like that. Here's what we got to do. Because these type of things are brand new because technology just came out. When I, I was... I was alive when YouTube was just just came out. You couldn't even get streaming video on the internet yet. We had a dial-up internet connection. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's 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 relatively a new thing. But you can't. Everybody in society needs to start getting getting it together. And you got to stop watching Brazzers, Josh Primo, because a doctor giving you a, a physical is not going to turn into what you think it's going to turn into because of yeah. all the weird that you watched on the internet okay? that's a great piece of advice dude you're really trying to save the youth out there because it yeah. that is it dude that's literally it to, the kids like josh primo have been brainwashed for 19 years to yeah. think that a hot doctor is is going to enjoy the fact that he exposed himself also let's, reality, take it, let's take the into account this dude's in the nba and he's still not getting away with it so like if you ever have these thoughts you are definitely not getting away with it <laughs> Dude, didn't he see uh, who was the quarterback that was like trying to do that with massage therapists? Deshaun Watson. Yeah, didn't he see Deshaun Watson? I mean, come yeah, on. seriously, a dude worth a hundred billion dollars. Also, another word of advice for young men that are out there. I know my my listeners is ninety nine point nine percent young men. Okay, I've been around the block. I've been I've been around the block a little bit. Another piece of advice: women don't like to be flashed. It doesn't work the other way around. Okay. <laughs> Women are more, they're more emotional. They want to know you. They don't like dick pics. They don't like anything like that. Don't randomly send something. Don't randomly, like, just, you got to get to know a girl first, okay? I'm just giving you some some advice. When in doubt, it's not Mardi Gras, you know? And if it was, you still wouldn't be getting the beads. That's the thing. Plus, what a way to end this stream. I mean, like. For anyone that just tuned in, it's because we Googled Josh Primo. And if you don't know why we were talking about that, then just Google Josh Primo yourself. And then be like, yeah, nine times is a lot. (laughs) Meanwhile, like the whole comment section is just like everyone is just like so angry at each other. Why was it nine times? I know. Listen, buddy, if you do it again, you're in trouble. Okay, listen, if you do it nine times, I'm telling somebody. Yeah, like, yo, I'll give you eight 
like mulligans, but that ninth one, dude, I'm pissed. What is the chat mad about? I don't know. They were like arguing about the the nets or something. I don't know. Some shit. And then Josh Sins Primo. Very nice comment. Yeah, that's pretty good. Well done. A good one. Well that's done. One. <laughs> yeah, that's also funny. I saw that. I saw that one. I laughed at that. All right. All right. We're gonna end it there. Yeah. Uh we we got on a sidetrack because Josh Primo was on the free agent list. Um Maybe he can redeem himself. I forgot about the story already. You know, a couple of years and people will forget about it. Dude, he's still like, he's only 21 or something like that. It's crazy, dude. That's crazy. He was putting up like Michael Jordan numbers early on. Nine times, dude, and he wasn't even 20 yet. That's insane. Imagine if we were like, let's get let Primo do a couple of years of this. It would have been well, Bill um, well, yeah, it was Michael Jordan numbers, actually, because he was 0 for 9. Yeah. And before Scottie Pippen, Michael Jordan was 0 for 8 uh, with NBA Finals. So, yeah, he tried nine times, and he failed all nine times, and that is that is very much Michael Jordan. He got beat by the Detroit Pistons. Dr. Hillary Cawthon was the late 80s Detroit Pistons in this scenario. That's funny. I like that. All right, Greg. Yo, thanks for coming through, man. This was fun yeah, again. Doing thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, everybody hit the like button. We're going to try to do it every Tuesday. Sixers offseason is a uh, debauchery, but hopefully something major happens that makes sense of it all. You got anything left, Greg? Uh, trust the process, dude. You know, through life and hard times, you got to just persevere. And then through that comes comes the celebration. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? We have like two more years of this bullshit. Let's just maybe this year something happens. It won't, but maybe it's not going to. But like maybe. And uh, trust Daryl Morey. Hey, man, what's up? One second. All right, guys. Take it easy. Later. Peace. Sorry.